When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as we continue our FAQ series with a look at special teams. And then in the second half of the podcast, an interview with one of the key Brown special teamers, Jakeem Grant, who signed here as a free agent. He will handle the return game. I had a chance to catch up with him during OTAs, so you'll get to hear my interview with Jakeem Grant at this in the second half of this podcast after we take an in-depth look at the return game, at the kicking game, and yes, even the punting battle. That's coming up on, on uh, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you've got to get signed up. Training camp is getting closer and closer. You want that newsletter. You want to become a tech subscriber. You want to have access to those stories stuck behind that paywall. You want to be able to read those and get all of that stuff. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, get signed up. All right, here we go. Our look at special teams, and then my interview with Jakeem Grant, all on today's Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm back on our FAQ series here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast and lobby mary Kay cabot scott patsko ashley bastock we are talking special teams uh, and on the second half of this podcast you'll hear an interview with jakeem grant uh, from otas i had a chance to talk to him uh, so you'll get to hear that in the second half of this podcast there's not a ton of special teams to talk about here uh, unless we want to memorialize mac wilson and his his role as a special teamer last year and his development, he's of course is we, no longer with the Browns. Scott, we can get 15 minutes out of Charlie Hewlett. I think uh, <laughs> he is one of the longest tenured Browns, and he's going to be up for a contract extension. Discuss. <laughs> Do it. Sign Charlie Hewlett, whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Scott will be there wearing a shirt at training camp. Sign, right. extend Charlie Hewlett. So I mentioned Jakeem Grant, uh, and obviously this is a guy who uh, has been a pro bowler as a returner. And this is, I mean, Cade York is obviously the headliner, and we'll get to Cade York uh, and and drafting him. But Jakeem Grant is really important, Mary Kay. Having this spark in the return game, having someone who is more than just like, I'm going to catch the ball and just make sure it doesn't get turned over. A guy that can score a guy that can flip the field. It really changes things for what should be a more dynamic offense um, whenever Deshaun Watson takes the field. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Mike Prefer, the special teams coordinator, has got to be jumping for joy this offseason because he's had a rough go of it over the past couple of years. They have not invested a lot of of time, money, effort into, uh, into special teams and making sure that they 
uh, have the right guys at the right positions. And that all changed this offseason. So he's got to be really happy to have a Pro Bowl returner and a potential Pro, Pro Bowl kicker, which we'll get to that. But um, but I think that Jakeem was a, a really, really good addition. And uh, it's just an area that special teams has, has not been an asset. It's been a liability. It's been a liability to this team for too many years. And, you know, it's about time to get back to those days where you had, uh, you know, the, the feel-good stories of Phil Dawson and the things that he was doing and the Josh Cribbs stories of amazing returns for touchdowns and whatnot. So they need to get back to some of that. And I think that this is a renaissance in special teams in Cleveland Browns history going on right now. That's a bold prediction right there. <laughs> I, think, I think it's important to explain how bad things have been, especially when it comes to punt returns. Um, and the good thing with Jakeem Grant is they, they got someone who actually has done it in the NFL. It isn't like drafting Jabril Puppers and kind of thinking that he can step into that role and be a difference maker. Um, but Grant's averaged 10.3 yards per punt return for his career. And most of that was with Miami, but last season he did uh, spend uh, what half the year, well, 11 games with Chicago and averaged almost 14 yards per return. So that's a great sign for the Browns that he showed he could do it in two different places because the Browns, there have been, there have been 12 times in franchise history that they've averaged fewer than seven yards per punt return, 12 times. Four of those have come in the last eight seasons. And mm. last season was almost another one. They averaged 7.2 yards, just, just over eight. Um, it was really bad in 2020. Uh, it was They tied for the third lowest in franchise history, 4.8 yards, and DPJ did most of the damage there. Um, so, yeah, this is a big step in the right direction, for especially for the return game, getting him uh, on the roster. I don't, you know, kick returns haven't been as big of an issue, but having somebody dangerous back there, again, like Dan said, this isn't just back there just to, to catch the ball. And it was it 2016, 2017. They, it was just like a fair catch Palooza. It's like, just catch the ball. Don't try to return it. Just catch the ball. Um, so it seems like maybe they've, they've moved beyond that now. Yeah. And like when Mike Prefer talked about him, he kind of mentioned that, right? Like that in the past few years, it's been just about having guys back there who can, secure the ball and now it's time to up the ante a little bit and it's kind of understandable again when you talk about the Browns in recent years like they haven't returned a kick for a touchdown since what like 2015 Dan I know you put that up before it was Travis Travis Benjamin, Benjamin and mm-hmm. it was a game started by Johnny Manziel yeah so that puts it into perspective and Jakeem Grant has gotten like how many touchdowns in that same time frame on returns? Like at least four punt return touchdowns, I think. Um, so I I just think overall, it's it's like Mary Kay said, it's kind of putting more of an emphasis on this area of the game where, especially last season, like there were multiple times where, where it's like, what are they doing out there? Like having 12 guys on the field and, and Chase McLaughlin missing easy kicks at certain portions and not being able to hit between 40 and 49 yards out. So Overall, it's just more of an emphasis, and I think Jakeem Grant is a huge part of that. I think he's one of the most underrated slash maybe most like forgotten, not necessarily by us, but widely forgotten new pieces that they have that I think is just going to be huge. And I think when we look back on when we drafted the top 20 players and Mary Kay got him, I think, in one of the last like two rounds, that's going to be a value pick when we look <laughs> back in like February. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, we were at a point even in 2018 when it was like Jarvis Landry, just go back and just please catch the football. And they've, <laughs> they've tried to, Scott, I think you made a great point with Jabril Peppers. And I think they felt like Donovan Peoples Jones could beat this. But those guys never really kind of got it going. Jabril showed some flashes, I think, in his last year here, but it never really stuck. DPJ just never really had much sizzle in the return game. So they had to go address this. And, and you know, as they've remade this special teams group, this was this was an important piece of it. And now they've got to think, even on kickoffs, they've got to think, like, how do we just boot this out of the end zone every time now? And we don't even want to give him a chance if he's eight or nine yards deep to bring it out. It, it just makes that kicker and that special teams unit have to think. Now, speaking of remaking special teams, they also drafted a kicker. So they make the investment in the returner and they draft a kicker. So Mary Kay... How soon can we start comparing Cade York to Justin Tucker? Well, I actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't actually, I don't actually mean that. I don't actually mean that. Well, I thought you were going to say Evan McPherson. <laughs> so did I, so did I. That's how right. Many years, I just... How many years till he's eligible for the Hall of Fame? Have we figured that out yet? <laughs> well, let's see. It's 2022, so... I thought you were going to say Evan McPherson, and I, I was already starting just, to answer. I, want, I wanted to make sure you were awake. You woke me up. Um, so yeah, I think it'll, it's a little while before we go Justin Tucker, but I think we can start talking Evan McPherson. I kind of think we can start talking that now the bar is set really high because Evan McPherson made the pro bowl as a rookie. And now, I mean, when you've got Evan McPherson in the AFC North and you've got Justin Tucker in the AFC North, it's going to be hard to make the pro bowl. So the bar is set super high there, but I think he has. Pro Bowl potential. I think Cade York has Pro Bowl potential, and we've seen flashes of that just in the in the practices that we've seen so far. He's got an enormous leg. Uh, you know, you know that you can uh, count on him for those long kicks, and hopefully for his sake, he can make the shorter ones too. Um, so, I think he belongs in the discussion with Evan McPherson. I don't think fourth round was too high for him. And, um, and if, if he starts to put together four or five good years, then you can go Justin Tucker. I like it. Mary Kay went the Justin Tucker route. Eventually. <laughs> it took a while. I like it. What, I'm old enough to remember when the Browns drafted guys like Austin Seibert and, and Zane Gonzalez. Uh, but I think the one thing in Cade York's favor is that he was a fourth round pick and the people who drafted him, uh, we seem to be in a good position to to stick around for a little bit. Um, and Gonzalez lasted, uh, what was it, two games into his second year? Um, I think so. And then Cyber had to go through the regime change, so they had no, even though he was a fifth-round pick, they, they you know, you, you feel a lot better getting rid of him moving on from somebody if you didn't make that pick. So uh, the fact that he was a fourth-rounder and, I, it just gives you the sense that he's going to have more of an opportunity to fail, to go through tough times and work his way out of it. Because these guys, Gonzalez um, was good last year for the Panthers. Um, Austin Seibert was good last year uh, for who picked him up. Uh, was he with Detroit? I didn't write it down. Yeah. yeah. Both those guys had really good averages when they did get picked up. So, you know, like any position, I mean, kicker takes time, but a lot of, you know, you draft a kicker, that guy's going to play and, there's a, an expectation that guys at other positions in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round just don't have. 
on what they're supposed to do. So maybe a fourth round is, is a good place for him to just add some security and, um, you know, again, have, have, have a chance to fail. Ashley, I thought there was a little disconnect when the Browns made this pick. Just following the draft on Twitter, the Browns pick a kicker in the fourth round, and I felt like there was this, from a national perspective, like, oh, a kicker this high. Whereas I think Browns fans completely understood the pick. I, You know, I think there were, I think we all understood the pick. And, and I'm kind of looking at some players that went, I mean, a punter went like six picks later to, it Balti- kind of, to Baltimore, of course. It kicked mm-hmm. off a run on specialists. There were no other kickers drafted, but it did kind of kick off that mini run that we saw in specialists, kind of like there was that run on receivers in the first day. Right. But, but uh, I guess where I was like, there's no way to argue with the fact that the Browns needed to make this pick and they made it yes. in the right spot. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, the only thing I think Mary Kay would argue is that maybe they should have considered him one pick higher than they did. Um, I, I think anyone who watched enough Browns football last season and kind of had to live through the uncertain Chase McLaughlin, the, uh, you know, the back half of the year, it kind of became really evident, but it's not even just that, right? This is like a 10 year long thing. Now there's really not been stability or, or like Scott was talking about, maybe patience with some of these younger guys in that 10-year span, ever in the post-Phil Dawson era in Cleveland. So I do think it's understandable. Cleveland, I think, is a place, number one, the fans appreciate good kickers and good offensive linemen. And that's just given the last, like, 20-plus years that the Browns have been back in Cleveland. Um, So I think that's part of it. But the other thing, too, like, I think people who follow the Browns closely, like, understood, we heard from them multiple times, and you know, especially Mike Prefer, that they weren't going to draft somebody just to draft somebody, just because this was a perceived need, that it had to be the right guy. And the Browns spent a lot of time even sending Mike, Mike Prefer down to, you know, work out with him and, and kind of watch him in that regard. And, you know, we heard Mike Prefer bring up like Cade York didn't have a great combine and Mike Prefer essentially gave him some notes. And then when Cade York went and worked out for him after that, those things were like fixed. So like he's confident, but he can take that criticism. And I think when you have a young kicker, like those mental kind of intangibles are just super important in the Browns. And uh, Mike Prefer really seemed to value that when they were talking in the lead up to the draft. Uh, Mary Kay, you wanted him at 99. Well, I would have, I would not have thought the Browns were overly crazy to do that. I, I would not have ruled that out. I would not have had an issue with that. Although I know everybody else in the world would have had an issue with that. But if you thought there was any chance anybody else was going to take him, you had to have him. This was a player that you had to have. I mean, you just had to have him. So I, you know, like you said, I would not, you know, I probably would have at least considered it. Uh, They were lucky enough to uh, move some, some things around and they, they ended up with the a few picks that they didn't think they'd have and uh, they were able to get him in the fourth round so that worked out really really well for them um and so they ended up getting him in the right in the right spot and that was great and the other thing that strikes me about Cade York is that I mean in the in the one or in the two times that we've talked to him really two times maybe sometimes maybe three for some people um he's really super confident self-assured like high self-esteem he seems to have the right kickers mentality that you have to have I mean he he's I don't know I think he's he's got a lot going on in terms of the ice in his veins and and all of that sort of thing 
that was my first impression. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, no, totally. That's, that's definitely, I think the impression you get from talking to him. And again, like we've heard the coaches say similar things as well and, and praising him for that confidence. I think like Mike Prefer said, I don't want to call it cockiness. It's more confidence. And I think that's huge. Like, again, so much of kicking is mental. You can't have a guy that's going out there and wavering in his own ability. And I think what makes it even more impressive with Kate is that he, you know, kind of was a latecomer to football. He was a soccer player, unsurprisingly. I think a lot of kickers might start out that way and and really sort of blossomed in high school. So he's still fairly new to this as well, which I think bodes pretty well for him in that regard, that he already has that level of self-assuredness. And I, I appreciate the Browns not putting on the the charade of a kicking competition. I, I appreciate them just saying, hey, we drafted this guy he's our kicker. Cause obviously, right. Like if they had another kicker here, we'd have maybe pretended there was a competition, but clearly there's not. However, there is a punting competition. <laughs> so well, I believe when I was in Nashville and not on the pod, Dan said that you would let me cover the punting battle for <laughs> all the right. time, but it is a request I'm going to deny. We, we should all <laughs> get to share in that joy equally. Well, I, I am just going to say one of the joys of, of training camp is our buddy on the beat, uh, Daryl Ryder. Shout out to Daryl. He tracks hang times of punters. Mm. And that is going to be incredibly useful for all of us this year. Yep. So, so Ashley, you can team up. You and you guys can cover this punting battle for all of us. Okay, I'll, I'll give you guys my notes after every training camp practice. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting because I think like with this punting battle, like we're not really too sure about either of these guys yet. Like there's not necessarily a front runner, it seems like to me. Now, the one thing that is interesting, and again, like we've kind of talked about it already on here with other special teams areas, but it, it just seems like it hasn't necessarily fully been a priority. And what we've heard from about both of these guys is with the directional stuff they they've gotten some praise for so that's interesting to me because we know Mike Prefer loves that sort of thing and and the you know the strategy of of how to kick a ball in in a given situation so um that is interesting but yeah at this point in time it's like I don't know which of these guys is gonna win this we'll see I guess it's I mean Mary Kay it sounds to me like she's ready for this Oh, she I mean, that was ready. like that was like a full report on the punters, and we <laughs> I, like we barely Listen, seen them. I took that seriously when I heard that podcast. I was like, I gotta come on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast next week prepared to talk about the punters. Awesome. <laughs> better you than me but I, I, I think, and, and there but goes I think our there's our punting that, segment sponsored by <laughs> I, I think it's gonna be Corey. I, I think it's gonna be Corey. I think they you know, they went out and they, uh, you know, they signed him as a free agent from, from the Packers. And, uh, and I just think that, that he's probably going to be the guy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the competition, but mm-hmm. it just seems to me that he's the front runner. I, I have no punter analysis to, uh, to <laughs> offer other than the fact that these two guys couldn't be more different physically. Uh, one six, five, one ninety, the other six foot two seventeen. Uh, I, I guess this is a uh, a study in like what is the best body type to be a punter. I guess we'll find out whoever wins this. Yeah. Um, but it is striking to see them standing next to each other because I mean, literally one looks like the punter, the other guy looks like he should probably be the kicker. 
so and just like some background if people really want to know about oh, these see? guys I pulled up an old story i wrote um Corey was with like mary Kay said with the packers they did get him in free agency he was with buffalo before that and um joe it was a reserve futures contract that the browns signed him to in february he was with 21 games with the panthers and one with the jaguars over the last two seasons there you go See, you, I mean, you're not you're not making a convincing case to not be in charge of our oh, coverage, Ashley. I'm just this saying. Was a, this was a fool's errand by me. I'll tell you, I should have just said, I don't even know who the punters are who are competing for this, and then we could have been on our way. All right. Well, there we go. Our special teams FAQ will be continuing to look at different areas of the team uh, throughout the month of July. And of course, we have posts going up on all of these questions at cleveland.com slash browns. You can get caught up there. Also become a football insider before training camp starts. It's July 27th is the uh, the first day of practices that we'll be out there. We'll be texting and all sorts of stuff. You'll want to be a football insider for that. So cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And we will likely again be recording daily podcasts out of the back of my car. So you've got to be subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast before training camp starts. Uh, so you get those podcasts directly on your phone or however you listen to these things. Uh, just make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mary Kay, Scott, Ashley, I will talk to all of you later. And now stay tuned for my interview with Brown's returner, Jakeem Grant. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Okay, here we go. I had a chance to catch up with Jakeem Grant during OTAs. Take a listen to my interview with the Browns' new return man. I mean, I guess what are your first impressions being here in Cleveland? Um, honestly, I love it. Um, we got a lot of cool guys, especially um, the staff, players. Um, very laid back, but no one to turn it on, especially when we have practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, it, it's, it's they love to have fun, and that's what it's all about. I think, you know, being a professional, we forget to um, – you know, forget to have fun. You know, at the at the end of the day, it's the same game that we played since we were little kids, and that's what they harp about. You know, go out there and compete, but I'm, I'm most importantly, have fun and you know do the job right. They they obviously wanted you here. Yes, right. I mean, they went out, they got you, they they brought you in to, to be essentially the return guy. What what is that? What was that process like? When did you kind of find out like the Browns want me bad? Um, early on, like um, they were they were consistent during the process. Um, they stayed contacting my agents, kept, kept us updated, and I was just telling me everything that you know, what what they can utilize me, especially in the offense and, and things like that. So um, that really that really sealed the deal um, with just being more involved in the offense because they know, I mean, of course, the return game, right. and I have a great relationship with Preef. Uh That's my guy, and I got a great relationship with CO. So um, I had CO in Miami, so it was. It was night and day, you know, uh, choosing to come here with, especially with guys like that, and you already have a relationship with guys like that that you trust. Um, the decision was easy. What, what was your connection with Preef? Uh Man, early on when we came in, um, man, Preef, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff off the, off the field, you know, family guy. I'm married, he's married, he has kids. And so that's more of what we talk about, you know, outside of that. And so that's a lot of things that we have in common. And just we both want to strive to be uh, the best in the game. So um, with that being said, you know, we our, our relationships match up. But I mean, did you know him before this? Or? Um, I heard of him, okay, uh, and okay. I went. Up, I played against him, and so during the pregame, uh, I talked to him a lot. So, right. uh, with that being said, uh, just just getting able to get here and 
and play and play for him is is amazing. So you mentioned the offensive side of it, right? Obviously, you know the return game has been the big thing while you were prior, but. You mentioned they want to utilize you more offensively. What does that look like? Um, it looks great right now, uh, especially I'm, I'm moving around um, from slot to outside, and they're just get a lot of misdirections, and you know keep the team, keep the defense off balance. You know, n- not knowing what I'm gonna do a jet sweep or anything like that. And, you know, just going out and running routes, and so just giving me a mismatch on guys, linebackers, and and things of that nature. So, um, I mean. And it's it's we're still building, still they're still earning out uh, earning out some kinks, but for the most part, uh, it's been going great. I, I mean, I know you've had success catching the football, but I mean, how much more how much more is there for you in, in that when it comes to being a receiver, not just I mean, a return guy? Uh, honestly, I, I, I want to be one of the best in the league, and I know that I can do. I know that I can because I was I was that in college, and so I just got to go out there and, and, and continue to and be consistent and show the coaches that they can rely on me in that area. Yeah, I was, was going to ask. I mean, you put up numbers in college. Yeah. And obviously, you played, you played with Patrick. Yeah. You, you played a year with Baker too. But full disclosure, I was going to ask you what it was like to be teammates with Baker again. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that one aside. Uh, but, but Patrick, what was that like at Texas Tech to be a part of that offense and just him slinging the ball all over the place? Man, it was it was great. So the things that he's doing now, he's been doing in college, and like the no look passes and stuff like that. People were like. Uh, so amazed at that, and I'm like, man, he was doing that at college. I remember the first time he did that to me, and he was he was throwing the ball to me actually, and he was he wasn't looking at me, and I'm looking dead at him. I'm running like a drag route across the field, like a shallow, and he wasn't looking at me, and I almost dropped it because I'm like, Pat, come on, man, like you you're messing me up, like like, and the ball got up on me real close. So, uh, man, it was great. He's a great leader, um, very humble guy. And man, the things that he can do is amazing. Man. Like I'm talking about an extraordinary. And so um, it was it was awesome playing with him. We had a great chemistry, and we have a great relationship outside of this. And both of our families grew up in East Texas, so okay. we're basically like family. So I talk to him all the time, especially during the off season. Uh, we connect and just you know. Uh, meet up with each other and have dinner and stuff like that, lunch. And so that's that's my guy. Do you guys ever work out together? Oh, uh, absolutely. Okay. He work at an XO, so um, we we get in there and especially like they do a little drill where you got to chase him around in a circle. And I told him he'd never get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, another guy in that draft class is your quarterback here, Deshaun. So yep. what, I mean, what are your impressions playing with Deshaun? And, and did you? I'm, obviously, you knew about him, but I mean, did you? What did you know about him before you got here? No, um, I mean, from on film, I didn't know him personally, but on film, I mean, amazing. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. Uh, the guy's outstanding. Um, great, great deep ball, like accuracy. I mean, you name it, man. Sky's the limit for the guy. Uh, me personally, like, I love to that I like. He took us on a trip to the Bahamas, and you know, we got to bond, and so, and I got to know him a lot more, and he got to know me a lot more. So, with the team bonding and just have developing a relationship outside of, you know, football is going to come to a point where you're not going to let that guy down on the field. And so, I think ultimately, what he did for us as an offense, that was great. And so, that speaks volume as a leader he is. I mean, you, as a receiver, you've got the perspective. Like, is it just different with guys like Patrick, okay, with guys Nick. like him, the way that ball comes okay, in? Okay, Absolutely. Ball. Just, you know, Patrick, you know, now I got Deshaun, and just getting balls from veteran quarterbacks like that, and they knowing exactly where you're going to be at. 
And I feel like me, when me and him were, I'm catching balls for him, it's almost like we were playing together for years. And so we, we have a great chemistry. And and I'm, I'm willing to, you know, build on that and continue to, you know, sky's the limit going into the season. So in the return game, kickoff game, balls in the air, what's going through your mind? I mean, it's such a position that's been minimalized <laughs> too much, honestly. Yeah. Like, what's going through your mind when that ball's coming to you on a kickoff return? Honestly, um, I'm thinking home run every time. Yeah. A home run every time, and I'm I'm like, if you got the if the kicker has the balls to kick it to me, then they're gonna have to they're, they're gonna have to pay for it, and so that's my that's my my motto the whole time, and and like I, I already trust my teammates beside me and the people that's blocking for me, so I have no doubt that the blocks are gonna be there. So I'm honestly just thinking the house call the whole time. Is, is there any? I mean, are you kind of to the point where it doesn't matter where that ball is in the end zone, even if it's like nine yards deep, you're, you can bring it out? Absolutely, only if uh, Preef give me the green light. <laughs> Uh, I know I brought one out last year that was that was deep, and he was like, "I don't know about that one, Jakeem, but if you bring it out, you make sure you get past the 20. And I was like, "All right, coach, I will." And I mean, then so, I mean, you've been doing this long enough. Yeah, you've kind of earned that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like with that, like he like he said, he was like, if "You don't bring it past the 20, you owe me." And so uh, I'm down with that. I'm I'm down with. Like it's just like gambling, you know. I'm willing to take a chance on myself any time, any day. What What about the punt return game? But, I mean, how would you describe yourself as a punt returner? Um, honestly, uh, the best in the game. You know, I'm chasing after Devin Hester. That's that's my ultimate goal is to you know pass him up. And every day I work on it. Like that's that's something that I, I will to perfect every day. I come out here every day catching you know thousands of punts. You know critiquing myself going in oh man my foot's my footing wasn't right um every everything you know i go and watch film even brief you know it's like hey you can't stance too wide when you caught the punt you can't you can't move out of that stance like I, those are the things that i tell him critique me on because i want like i want to be up there with Devin hester how, how hard is it for you when that ball's in the air and you've got to wave that arm <laughs> man it's, it's very hard <laughs> I, honestly i'm not gonna lie it's very hard uh i'm like i'm if you look back at it, I'm like a late fair catch guy. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. There's no way I can return this one. And then I'll lay. But it kills me. It, it honestly kills me because I know that that's one punt return that, you know, I could have gotten that maybe could have been a touchdown. So, like you said, when you catch the ball, you're thinking home run. But when do you know in that process, whether it's kickoff, return, or punt, when do you just kind of – when do you know, like, okay, this is the one. I'm taking this one to the house or whatever. As soon as I catch the ball and I see that all of my teammates are on the block, I'm like, oh, that's house call. Like, especially if I see, like, basically like the light at the end of the tunnel um, and, and it's set up perfectly is when I'm like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. All I got to do is just run and get to and get to the edge and that's it. Yeah. Um, when did you – I know you did it in college, right? You returned a little bit in college. When at the NFL level, when did you kind of realize like I've got something here? I didn't do punt return ever in my life. Okay, um, not even like high school. No, not okay. even high school. I did it. I did kickoff return. Um, I knew I had it in the kickoff return. When the punt return, when like I was, I was when they put me at punt return going into you know going into Miami 2016. I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be good at this. <laughs> there, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be good at this. And then, you know, it was a preseason game against the Giants, and 
Like we had every, no, there was no one around me, and I let the ball bounce because I was like, and then Dan Rizzi was the coach at the time, and he was like, Jakeem, what are you doing? And he was red. He was red. And I was like, Coach, I'm not gonna lie. I was scared to catch the ball. I was scared. And he was, and he calmed down. He was like, Look, Jakeem, just catch the ball and do what you do. They're blocking for you. Just trust it. So the next one I called, and I took it like 40 yards. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I did, and then I still had some ups and downs with that because I was a, I was a rookie, and that was my first year at catching it in a national football league. So I was still a little bit rocky at catching them and stuff like that. And so once I started, once I got the the second uh, touchdown, uh, punt return touchdown, I was like, oh, I got a knack for this. Okay, I, I, let me let me start honing in on my craft and, and try to be the best at it. And so, and that's exactly what I did. And so. After that, I was just like, man, sky's the limit. Had, had you ever been scared to do anything on a football field before? No, nah, not that besides that, because that was yeah. like your head is like 90 degrees right. in the air. And like you're basically saying, I trust this guy with my life. And so um, I was just like, oh, man, that, like I avoided that my whole career playing football. And then now I get to the National Football League, and that's that's what I do. And so um, – now it's you know it's, it's become it's worked out great for me. Of, of all the things I know, I can't do catching a punt is like the top. I know that I could never. Nobody understands how hard it is. <laughs> Nobody understands how hard it is, especially catching it in traffic, and just knowing that all of that distraction around you and things like that. Nobody understands how hard it is until you're back there. So, what I, I guess like we've talked so much about the return game. Let's go back to receiver. What, what does it look like halfway through the year? You're talking to somebody like me, and I'm not asking you like questions about the return game. Is, is that something you kind of want here at, at this point in your career? Like you want to be known a little bit more as a receiver? Yeah, I definitely want to be known more as a receiver. Um, but I also don't mind being asked a return game because the return is what got me to this point. You know, um, you have to be able to develop, uh, prove yourself on special teams to get a chance on offense, and I had to do that. And so. I mean, yes, I want to be known as more as as a receiver and then a returner first and then a returner second. But, you know, being a returner and being the top returner in the game is not a bad thing. And so uh, I just do definitely want to develop more as a receiver, and I will. And this year I will I will show people that. Is that I mean, is that kind of – I mean, you're, you're what, 29 now? Yep. Right? I mean, is that kind of cool to think, like, you still have, like – I mean, you're probably in this locker room. You're probably not. You're obviously not one of the younger guys, but you still got a lot of years left. Is it cool to think there's still development in your career ahead of you? Absolutely, absolutely. Always um, improving, and I feel like you know, this year is the stepping stone to show people that you know I'm a legitimate receiver and and I can I can take over the the game on on, on both aspects. And so, um, and that's what I'm pushing, and I'm gonna continue to push that push that model. Was that interference down here? Absolutely, absolutely. You, I know you've seen it. Like, there's no way they could even keep up with me. And then next thing you know, the ball's in the air. They're like, oh, "We got to grab them. We got to grab them." There's like, man, man that's, it's, that, like they just took my touchdown away from me. But I mean, interference. The ball was right there. So, hey, are, are they more open-minded here using? Because they, they've had guys. Um, there's a guy, JoJo Natson, mm-hmm. that they had here, who's mostly a return guy, but they really used him in the offense and. They've done it with other guys too. Are they a little more open-minded here than maybe some other places you've been with how they want to use you? Um, I know they were. They're, they're they are open-minded here. Um, I had a, a great like where where my offensive role really exploded at is in in Chicago. Yeah, they really utilized me and I was killing it. Like getting towards the end of the season, I was I was killing it and I feel like they're doing 
you know, it's still early. It's OTAs, and they're doing a great job moving me around from outside to inside, misdirections and stuff like I said previously. And they're they're pretty open-minded about where they want to utilize me. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I can't wait. And I know that it's, it's still early. They're still learning me. I'm still... I'm still learning the offense and still, you know, getting that communication, getting that chemistry with the, the whole offense and, you know, Deshaun, you know, us, even as receivers, DJP, um, Coop, you know, all of us, you know, being in there together and just, you know, playing to our strengths. Do you know the history of returners here? Metcalf and Cribs. And yeah, I know. I know Travis about Benjamin was mm-hmm. here for a little bit. Yep. I know that. And then about his, has it been a return for touchdown and what, since? It's been a while. Since, since 15? Probably since Travis Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Left. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly we're, changing, we're changing that this year. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. They're definitely going to change that. Where'd you, where'd you find that out at? Who told you that? Brief. Oh. Yeah, he told me that. He was like, like we just haven't yet. I was like, coach, don't worry. We're, we're changing that. Absolutely changing that. That's not going to happen. So you've, you've got to ask. Joel hasn't been out here. I know he's on the Bahamas trip. Were you aware that he chased down Devin Hester once? Joel Batonio? No. Yeah. In no. Atlanta. That's crazy. You've got, you got to ask him about that. He chased, I, I it, was a, uh, it was a field goal that was short uh, at the end of a half, and Hester caught it and was running it back, and Joel was the only guy that could chase it down. It was, uh, it was pretty wild. Probably the only guy that's the only offensive lineman that's ever chased down Hester. I would definitely, I would definitely ask him about it. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. And thanks to Jakeem Grant for taking the time during OTAs to talk with me about how he can revitalize this return game and what he can do uh, with this receiving core. All right, I appreciate everyone for listening to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I told you about Football Insider at the beginning, so I'll spare you that. But get signed up, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And, of course, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen. I'll talk to you later.